I loved the kids down the front so much. We're going to have a double up day. So if you, are, uh, if you were down the front before, could you come down again? We're all children of God, aren't we, right? But this is just for the little ones. If you're game, you can come. <laughs> hey, have a seat right here, God. I need some help. I really need to. You're going to help me? Can you help me, Ellie? Anderson, can you help me? You guys are looking gorgeous today. Where did the sparkly one go? The sparkly one, where did she go? She was, yes. You can help me? Awesome. You can help me too? Okay. Do you like my bangle? Isn't it beautiful? Do you like my bangle? It is a bangle, isn't it? Is it a bangle? It's not a bangle. It's a hat. I think it looks good as a hat, don't you? Would you like to? Oh, you wouldn't want to try my hat on. You want to try my hat on? You do. Come on. It's a hat. You have to walk very, very. Oh, I can't do it. I don't think it's a hat. Maybe it's, it's oh, no. Maybe, um, but where are you, Anderson? Anderson? No, Anderson. Anderson. Maybe, come here, Anderson. Maybe it's a thing you like stand in. Can, can I fit you in here, Anderson? Like, can you put your arms up? Can you put your arms up? You can, arms up. Can we fit you in there? Like, put your head. It's a body cast. Is that what it is? It's not. Maybe it's a flower pot. It's a what? I'm a little bit deaf. I can't hear you. What is it? It's a, what on earth is a slinky? You need to yell in the, what does a slinky do? A slinky is that. So is it like something that you've got to see? The sparkly one's here. Okay, so is it something that we've got to see? Do you want to see it? Who knows how to do the, you do, you do, you do? Okay, all right. All right, let's do a test run. Can we do a test run? Okay, so we'll put it here. Have you guys got lots of stairs here somewhere? You can do it too? All right, let's just test because you can too. Excellent. Meg, do you reckon we can all do it? All right, here we go. So where do I put it first, do you think? Okay, let's put it there. Okay, let's show the, the old people. Yeah. Okay, we're here. Now, don't hang on a sec. Oh, you were going to help me, weren't you? You were here so early. You get to help. Okay. So, I know, I know we're just going to watch it. Don't tell We're going to watch it. It's going to do it, isn't it? Maybe if we think really hard. Think, hold your, hold, your, hold your brain. Hold your brain. Everybody. We need everybody's brain. Hold your brain. Okay, we're going to think, move, slinky, move. Is it doing it? All right, Okay. Jackson, help me. What do we, what do we, oh, hang on. Oh, it didn't get stuck. Oh, it's going. What did, okay, okay. So, help me. What, what actually happened? What actually, oh, hang on. What did you do? The very top one. Do we, well, what, what did you do? The top one goes up, then it goes where? Where does it go? Down. And then that one goes down. So for this to work, kids, oh, hang on, out of control. This 
This is my life. Okay. So, this, for this to work, hang on, you guys are like, you are ready to go. This, people, old people always want to talk. Are you ready? So, this is how it goes. Watch. This one, what if this one goes, no, I like it on the top. I don't want to go down. Is the slinky going to work? Sparkly one. Do you want to turn? Oh, okay. Are we okay? Are we okay? Are you ready to go? There it goes. There it goes. And again. Ah, oh, man. What do we need for it to keep going? What do we need for it to work more? Or, or what do you think, rather than narrower stairs, what else, yeah? Have you got more stairs here? No, you do. Okay. Kids, thank you so much for helping me. I want to find, um, is there somewhere here that there's heaps more stairs? Where are they, Jackson? Where are the more stairs? Down the middle. Okay. After church, after kids, after kids, I want to meet you guys on the stairs for slinky time, okay? All right, I will meet you there, slinky time after kids. Thank you for helping me, because this was a really uncomfortable hat. Thank you. Can you look after that for me? Thank you. Where's mummy? She is like, I can keep this one. I would like to. <laughs> On that note, uh, Rod and I are about to be grandparents. We are very, very excited. Um, yes, finally, all of our friends are grandparents. Um, and they have been like, this year's Anne, this year you're going to be a grandparent. And I've been like, there are so many kids at church, I can just practice on everybody else's. Um, and it has been a hoot. I have loved it. I, I want to, at this moment, say thank you for looking after my son, our son, Nathan. Um, he just really enjoyed his time here with you. And I'm sure he's back in San Francisco now, and I'm sure that um, I'm hoping he gets over here um, in some of, that, some of that five months that he's here for. I'm hoping he's not going to stay here permanently, but um, <laughs> keep him away from Jay. <laughs> All right, do that for me. All right. Okay. So... We are like super excited to be here. Some of um, our favorite people worship here, and it is really lovely to see where you live. We have been, um, I wanted to come here straight after one project in San Diego, but Rod had booked a trip, and I was like, oh, and then when I knew Nathan was coming, I was like, I really want to go to Boulder. And then Jay said, come, and I was like, yay. Um, and then he said, speak, and I went, really? Um, okay. So um, we had the never-ending journey to get here. We um, absolutely, like, totally pumped to get here, but it... Um, don't feel bad for us, because we got upgraded. It was lovely, that 13-hour flight from Sydney to um, San Francisco. It was not so bad. It was, it was good. We get off the plane, and, and Rod said, you know, we've got a three-hour um, layover. We can go to the lounge. Let's have a shower. Then we'll get on our plane. We, we were checking in on those things. 
and it said that we could go on an earlier plane, and I'm like, yeah, let's go. I was like really keen to get here, and, and it was gonna cost more, and, and Rod's like, no, 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 let's just catch the plane that we're gonna catch. I'm like, okay, let's go hang out in the lounge, and we did, and eventually we get on our plane, and I was so tired. I had gone to sleep. The elderly lady I was sitting next to and I, we were out, and we could, you could see how you just, you get the sense the plane is taking off, the engines are ramping up and it, it's going, you, you know, you're off. And then all of a sudden, the, if they had a, I don't know if they have brakes on planes for your feet, but it was like someone slammed on the brakes, the screeching noise, and I like braced for collision, as you do if you've had a car accident, and waited for something to hit us. If something didn't hit us, a light came on on the plane and they unloaded everyone off and said, we'll get back to you in an hour. Uh, I think it was 12 hours later, <laughs> we got back on the plane. Um, this time, the plane that had been packed was, was empty, except for a few of us. And we um, get off the plane, so thankful to finally have arrived in Denver. I was like, I'm so glad to be here. I so can't wait to get to bed. Hasn't this been like... Amazing, and um, we get our taxi back to Denver, and Rod had been um, emailing the hotel saying, we're running late, just want you to let you know, we won't be there till the early hours of the morning, but we're coming. So we check in to the hotel, and, and they say, oh, well, we're really sorry. We're booked out. We've booked you at a room in another hotel at 2.30 in the morning. And I'm, I'm just like killing myself laughing, thinking, this is hilarious. Because um, <laughs> I was so tired and it was like laugh or cry. And um, so like, that's okay. They said, we'll pay for it. The hotel was lovely. Like we were, they didn't email us to tell us that, that we could have gone straight there, but that's okay. So we're then waiting outside in the cold at 2.30 in the morning. They had said, we'll radio a taxi, the valet's no one. When the valet eventually comes out, he says to us, oh, by the way, um, the taxis just haven't been coming tonight. So if you want to walk, the hotel's three blocks that way. I was so thankful that we'd just bought carry-on luggage. So Rod's like, is it safe for us to walk that far at now close to three o'clock in the morning? And so off we went, and I was so thankful to finally get into our bed. So if I don't make much sense today, blame Jay, he asked me to speak. So <laughs> we are super excited to be here, but in that time, in that time of traveling, of stopover, of delay, of stress, we got to view how people travel. They were all desperately wanting to their, get to their destinations. A lot of them, their destination has been their children's or their grandchildren's graduation this weekend here in Denver. But we got to view how they were desperate to get to their destination. For today, I want you to think of your destination, the place where you want to end up as your inheritance, something that you are wanting the most at the end. And I want you to think of legacy as how you actually get there, 
the how you are doing it. Now, in the airport, we got to see lots of different legacies. The old lady that I was sitting next to on the plane, she came from Cedar Rapids. She was as cool as, it was like she'd seen everything. And she was like so relaxed. She was like, oh, well, it looks like I'll be stopping over tonight. She was just so relaxed. Nothing fazed her. The lady behind us, the minute the brakes started to screech. She became hysterical. I can only imagine what past traumas in, uh, brought on this response of her crying and just this sobbing on, on, the, on that, that instant that just seemed to go on and on until the plane like stopped and there was no impact. I, I just kept thinking, oh my Lord, what story does she have to have caused that scare so much? When we got off the plane, there were people that were like, um, you know, the sort that they just start bagging out the airlines. <laughs> and like they know, they know that they travel on that, that airline all the time. They use that airline all the time. But the minute something went wrong, it was, oh, man, bagging out. And really funny. Some of it was hilarious. But they just kept bagging out that airline. There were the other lots that this, um, this lot really interested me. I kept going like, why? Why are they doing it? They're, we don't have this in Australia, so it was fascinating me even more. They have like line one, two, three, four, and five, and you line up in your group. So everybody's getting off the plane that has just broken down, and they went back and they stood in their line. Like forever. They stood there like this, looking at the door, at the gate. And like at the gate, then at the desk. At the gate, and at the desk. And I was like, how long are they going to stand there? Seriously, they were there forever. I kept saying to Rod, why are they standing there? Because the plane's not going anywhere. Um, we kept getting emails from, from United saying, this is what's happening. Da, da, da. And I'm like, are they not getting the emails? They must not be connected to get the emails. And they were there like for hours. I... I for the life of me, I could not work that out. Eventually, and the thing was that at the desk, they kept making the announcements, the customer service desk is down the hall. If you have any inquiries, go to the customer service desk. But no, they sat there. We were blessed to be able to get back into the lounge. We get back into the lounge of all these people who get free food, free drinks, lots of free alcohol was being consumed to fill the time. And when we went to our, when we finally got a seat because it was packed, there were families there, there were kids, there was like elderly, there was like this huge range of people. There was one guy sitting on the lounge by himself. He looked, you know, like he had everything together, but he had the whole lounge. No one was going anywhere near him. I sort of sat opposite him, and I found out why. The entire time I was there, and I could hear him speaking because it was really loud, the entire time he was on his phone, sitting in the lounge, air-conditioned, lots of space, free food, free drinks, all those sorts of things, 
telling every person that he could call how disgusting it was, how disgusting this is. This is so disgusting. He, was, he just gave off this aura that people were just like backing up and moving away and leaving him on the lounge. And it made me think, how are we traveling? I have to say that I have not always traveled well. I have often looked like I'm traveling well on the outside, but on the inside, I haven't been traveling well for a long time. For a long time, I had felt like Rod would take me on beautiful holidays and we'd go and stay at, at a beautiful hotel and I wouldn't feel good enough to be there. Or I would come to church and I wouldn't feel like I was good enough to be there. And I would be doing my mum's stuff and I wouldn't feel good enough. I would often feel like I was too much or too less, I was always this kind of person, up and down, all over the place. I, um, I was like that, thank you Jay, until I went to The One Project. The One Project for me um, gave me position. Romans 8 says, that we are made co-heirs with Christ, that through the life of Jesus, God has written us into his will. So my question for us today, and the question for me all the time is, are we living in our inheritance? Are we living like we know we're gonna receive our inheritance, our, when, as we do life, is that saying, I'm a child of the kingdom? Is what I'm doing here what I'm going to be doing there? So when I went to my very first one project, I didn't want to go. Um, Rod bribed me to get me there. He wanted to go to Atlanta, and, and we couldn't make it. And um, he said, yeah... I really want to go, and I'm like, yeah, okay, but like two days? What are we going to talk about? Oh, like, well, and then I was like, well, maybe I could go shopping, maybe I could do stuff while he's doing that. I was a little bit scared by being with that many Adventists in one room. Um, I never felt smart enough to be in the room. I never felt good enough. Um, or, or like that I wore the right stuff to fit in the room, but I went. And up on those escalators, up on the way to that ballroom, I don't know if any of you have been, but I nearly chickened out and went shopping because we were in the middle of the shopping district. But someone had said to me, you will meet Jesus there. And inside, I really wanted that. I hadn't felt like, I had grown up in church and served in church, solid served in church solid for all those years, but always felt like everybody else was getting the blessing and I was kind of like trying to get it and trying to like, but never was there when I just felt like it, I kept missing out and, and that, that dream of maybe I will meet Jesus there. Thank you, Jesus, I did. 
At the end of two days, at the end of two days, I heard a voice say to me, Sam, do you love me? And I went, yeah, Jesus, I love you, but like your church is weird. And he went, um, I didn't ask that. And I went, oh, oh. I had for so many years put the church between me and God that I missed out meeting Jesus. So um, when I said yes, 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 I love you, Jesus, back, that changed how I did everything, changed everything for me. I told you that Rob bribed me to get to One Project. He had said, if you come to One Project, I'll take you to Tahiti afterwards. <laughs> and like, we had left it that late, but it wasn't just like average Tahiti, it was like five-star Tahiti. And I had told all my friends, I'm going five-star Tahiti. <laughs> um, awesome, it was so good, like beautiful cabin, we had our own light. What are they, what is, what was, butler? Yeah, he was like amazing, it was like laid on and it was the best. And we get back to Sydney and all my friends are going like, so how was the cruise? How was Tahiti? I'm like, forget Tahiti. I went to one project, it was awesome, it changed my life. I might have been first class here, but man, I am first class in Jesus' name. So my question today for you again is how are you traveling? Can I suggest to you today that when you travel with Jesus, you are positioned permanently in first class. First class is living in love. So here are Zan's tips for traveling, um, traveling with Jesus. My first one is position yourself in love. So I told this story in San Diego, so apologies to those people who were there, but you didn't hear all of it. And it's important that you hear the precursor to why I believe monsters lived in the floor underneath my bed. So as a little girl, I was terrified of the floor between the door and my bed. Don't get scared, kids. This is okay. It's a good story, all right? My mum used to go out every Thursday night. It was the only night my dad was home. He had to be there to babysit us. So dad would put us to bed early so he could stay up late and watch the scary movie. Back in the day, black and white, very scary. And what he didn't know, because dad didn't pay attention, was that when I snuck out of my bed and sat in my doorway, I could watch what he was watching. Now, unbeknownst to me, Unbeknownst to him, I was watching the same black and white movie, one of those ones that has the scary music and they're like the shadows. It's not like it is these days, but it was just implied scary and violence. And in this particular movie, the floor opened and scary things were in the floor. So then I got that I would not, I kept looking and my floor was the same floor as what was in the movies, that black and white check vinyl that they used to have back in the 60s. So I would run and leap to my bed from the doorway because what if the monsters come out of the floor and drag me down and, and I was only little and so I would leap as far as I could to jump onto my bed. 
One night I woke up in the middle of the night absolutely like, oh my, the monsters have eaten my bed. There was no bed from my legs down. It was gone. The monsters must have eaten it. I was like just holding my legs out in the cold, terrified, thinking if I move, if I move, the monsters are going to eat my legs and I'm not going to have any legs left. I stayed like that for ages, ages. I was curled up sort of this part with thinking, don't move your legs, you might wake them up until eventually I thought, I can't do this. I didn't have that strong tummy muscles. On. I'm moving and then I'm like, oh my gosh, my bed is really wide. I would like to say that I realized straight away, but I didn't. It took me a while, just like that, and I switched positions. Coming to one project, I switched position. It wasn't about me trying hard to keep my legs up. It was about me resting in the love that Jesus has for me, comfortable, confident that my bed would protect me from anything. My bed became my safe place, that place that I longed to be. So choose love. Choose love. So you can tell, for me, I was living in fear. You can either choose to love in, live in love or live in fear. It's the two options. I have lived in fear for most of my life. I was terrified of birds, absolutely, chronically terrified of birds. My children, as they got older, thought it was hilarious to take me to the beach and see mum, um, like, curl up in the fetal position in some corner or under a park bench, terrified of birds. I had some treatment for that, and it literally was changing what I wanted. What did I want? And I can remember the guy asking me, what do you want? I said, I want to be able to hold a bird in my hand and not be afraid. I want to enjoy that. He said, focus on that want. Focus on that want. I got that I am not afraid of birds anymore. It's the best thing. But I needed to tell you that part of the story to tell you this. More than birds, I get scared of people. A fear of not fitting in, of, of not belonging, of people not liking me. That fear would cripple me and I would move away from, from life because I felt like, oh, too scared. And I had to, was asked to speak at a, um, a women's event and it was a, what known to be a, a conservative women's event. And I have never been put in that category and so I was scared because I hadn't been there and I didn't know how to do that and I started to live in fear again, just, just afraid. So I started thinking about, oh my gosh, what am I going to wear? I had like five outfits ready that I wasn't happy with either of them. I was like anxious and stressed and saying, I don't really want to do this. I don't really want to talk to these people. This is really not me. This is not who I am. But I kept, I had agreed to do it. And so I was like, I've agreed to do it, I've got to do it, I've got to follow through. Plus, it's talking about Jesus and how he has um, affect, um, filled my life. The morning of the talk, 
the morning that that talk um, happened. We have lived in the same house for 20, 22 years now. We have a, um, a, a bench on, out our kitchen window that's like this. We have lived there for 22 years and never has a bird sat on our windowsill ever. I was up really early because I couldn't sleep and um, I'm out there on the bench anxious, stressed, fearful and a kookaburra lands on our windowsill. Not only does it land, which it's never done before, kookaburras don't do this, it's not an Australian thing. <laughs> it landed on the windowsill and I'm looking at it, like I'm here and it's there and I'm looking at it going, what are you doing? Why are you there? And then I'm like, the fact that I wasn't, I was thinking, I am so thankful, I'm not afraid. And I began to think, think how thankful I was in Jesus' name that I didn't live in fear anymore. And I opened the window to this wild bird and put some meat out on the windowsill. And the bird, like, didn't fly away. It just sat there looking at me. And I went, I get it. I get it. I'm not to just live in love. I'm to choose to wear it. Colossians, um, I think it's going to come up. There's a verse in Colossians. I wrote it to put on my um, um, bedroom wall on the mirror to say, choose love. Um, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. So choose to live in love and then just choose to wear it. Don't just go, yeah, I'm here. Choose to wear it. Choose to put it on in everything that you do. As always, I talk way too much. So that's one. Passionate, um, position yourself in, in love. Two is um, power up on his promises. So the first one, remember, position in love. The second one, power up on his promises. There was, um, actually, I'm going to, oh, no, I won't. Um, very quickly, same, another story from San Diego. Um, and this one just, like, I just cried when I heard this story about a young girl. There is a thing in um, Australia called Amp Camp, run by amputees for uh, teenagers who are amputees. This young girl was a double amputee. She'd had her legs taken out by a train. Double amputees from the knees down. When she came to amp camp, she couldn't run around. She didn't take part in activities because it hurt. It was painful. She couldn't move around and she kept falling over. There was a prosthesis person there at the camp and he noticed what she was going through. Her counsellor was also a double amputee as well. So the prosthesis sat them down and said, hey, let's try this. He took the legs off the um, counsellor and put them on the young girl. It seemed that her feet were not big enough but when she put his feet on, they were big enough. She was able to dance and run around and have um, like this awesome time. Sometimes our feet aren't big enough. 
how we do life, how we are, is not big enough for the life God has planned for us. That's why he came, so we can run in his feet. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit, so we can have his feet. And in the Bible, he gives us promises so that we can run and dance on his strength. Today, I've given you some favorite ones of mine because back in the day when I would have been too chicken to be here, too afraid to live, too afraid to love, learn, or lead, these are the verses that I live by that I powered up. Know that in Jeremiah 21, his plans for us are good. Matthew 11, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, um, it is easy. You will find rest for your souls. When I'm really tired and exhausted, Isaiah 40, 29 to 31, he gives power to the weak, strength to the powerless. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength even after long flights and exhaustion and all those things. My favorite one is Romans 8, 38, 39, nothing can separate us from God. Isaiah 61.4, I love this one. It is my personal favorite because at 35, I felt physically broken and like horrible. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. Even better, it talks about after that, that it will restore the, the cities that have been destroyed for generations. So if your family has been destroyed for generations, no, God has a plan for that, to rebuild it, to make it beautiful. There are so many more, and these promises have become like my candy when I'm feeling a little bit flat. I know I've got nothing, nothing. So I go to my promises and God says, I've got exactly what you need. Now you can have those promises, but if you don't use them, you are in big trouble. We went for a love, we got to play, um, hang out with the One Project guys when they came to Perth. And Jay doesn't know that I'm going to tell this story, but I'm so going to love telling this story. We uh, went to Rottnest Island and we decided let's hire bikes and ride around the island. It was a beautiful day, weather like today. And we decided let's not go for pedal power, let's go for electric, was it electric bikes? Yes, it's one of those. They were so fun. It was Jess and Tim and Rod and I and Jay, and like Jay's leading in front. It was a hoot. It was just beautiful day. But for some reason or other, Jay's battery went flat really fast. And we, there he is. We gave him a head start because it had come to a hill and he couldn't get up the hill. And we were like, oh man, poor Jay, as we would ride past. Bye, Jay. I'm like, what's wrong with your bike? Oh, the battery's worn out. So poor Jay is pedaling so fast. We could have given him our bike, but we were like, nuh uh. <laughs> oh, poor, uh he was like, it was, a hard, it was a long ride. So. We get back to the kiosk where we're dropping the bikes off, and, and Jay's like, I don't know what's wrong with my bike. And we were like, he'd forgotten to switch the power on. So there was this little switch on this handle, and the throttles on this one. Switch, throttle. 
But what I loved was the minute he knew he could plug in to like turn that, he was like, let's go again. He was like, he was ready to go, ready to power on. So get into your, be powered up in God's promise for you. Get your favorite ones, get into that word. The last one is I want you to be passionate about your purpose. Position yourself well. Live on his power up on his promises and be passionate about your purpose. So, I love what um, Danny read today. Romans 12 is a really, um, I love that chapter. When I first started to do, um, said, hey, you know, we should be doing stuff for top kids, I went home after that and freaked out and went, why did I do that? I had, um, I had been pulling away. Before one project, I was like, I'm too old, I've got nothing to give, it's time for another generation, and I was pulling myself away from life. But meeting Jesus changes things up for you and it puts you back in the game and it gets you back off the bench no matter what your age. And I went back to church just determined to love on wherever I was at. I've spent so much of my life trying to work out what my purpose is. This is my biggest regret. My purpose, my platform is every day when I wake up. Wherever I am going in my community, that's my purpose. God asks us to bring him wherever we go that day. That is your purpose. We are God's preferred platform of social media. How are you um, letting the world see God through you? Be passionate about your purpose. I decided to get in and support wherever I could. Long term, this is five years ago, that threw me right into um, supporting our kids. The kids' ministry at our church, I looked, a place where I had loved for years and served for years, and I looked at our leaders and they were exhausted. And I thought to myself, what can I do to come around and help them? So I offered, I said, what do you need? Do you need pack-up person? Do you need clean-up person? When they go, no, no, it's okay, I would wait and watch and see that they needed help carrying things. They needed somebody to clean up. Be passionate about your purpose. There's, um, did we get the photo of Zara and, no, sorry. Um, in our Newcastle, each, each one that we do with top kids, I'm always going, positioning myself and going, Lord, what do you want me to tell the kids? What are you wanting to say? And in Newcastle, uh, I mean, in, at Avondale One Project, we had one of our elderly ladies, Evelyn. She's one of our oldest ladies that came along and our youngest, Zara. So for that one, I looked at that and we framed that, that picture, we're never too young or too old to be part of the conversation. God is not an ageist. And if we are having a conversation that leaves somebody out, that excludes somebody, then maybe that conversation shouldn't continue. You know, if you're having a private conversation, that's another thing. But big group, I believe Jesus got crucified like this. 
for a reason. Open arms. Open arms. So there's no, it's a big, it's a big space. So whatever we're doing, whatever your um, fear, um, whatever you think your purpose is, just wait and listen for God to speak into your life. If, uh, for me, it's that thing where I go, oh, somebody should do that. And then I'm like, oh, hello. You're telling me to do that. <laughs> ah, okay. Oh, Ellie, where did you go? Ellie has my slinky. Is Ellie gone? Ellie, can I have my slinky back, darling? I bought this slinky ages ago. Often I see something and I'm like, man, that's telling me something, but I don't know what it is. And it takes me a little while to figure it out. Oh, thanks, Anderson. Here we go. I love that you come as a package, you two. Jesus came and became less. He made himself less so we could be more. Sometimes this is where we want to be. But the Bible tells us that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And if you're okay with being last like Jesus was, being less, when we put ourselves less than somebody else, when we make ourselves less so that someone else can be more, that's love in motion. And I want to tell you um, that for the last five years, I've had the best time. I have loved every minute. I'm excited to get old. I love, um, I just love my life. And I pray that for you. I pray that here at Boulder, that if you see someone, that together, that you will make yourself less so your community can be more and that you can move towards our final destination in a way that shows who we're travelling with.